Welcome to the Take Back Your Territory podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Wenland. I believe in doing work holistically, spirit, soul, and body, not just searching for the next thing to transform your outside. This is a faith-based podcast to inform you, encourage you, and set you on a path to walk in victory in every aspect of your life. Check out the book, Food Freedom, a faith-based holistic approach to shift you from defeat to victory over emotional eating over on Amazon. Head over to the website, takebackyourterritory.com for more information on coaching, to sign up for the Freedom Newsletter, download free printables, and read testimonials of those who have worked with me. Thank you for joining me today. Be well and be free. Hey friend, welcome to episode 132 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. My name is Lindsay Wenland. I'm so excited for you to be joining me today. I want to be 100% honest with you. I know it's been a couple weeks. Um, I took some, some staycation time between being on social media and recording podcasts and working and this is a ramp up and the time when I'm kind of pushing and promoting round two food freedom uh, that begins a week from today. It actually begins on April 4th, uh, 2022. So if you are listening to this beforehand, if you haven't signed up for the group coaching and you're interested, if the Lord is nudging you and you're just ready to be done with the diets and the cycling and the binging and the restricting and you're ready to stop picking yourself apart and picking apart your body and, and living in shame and condemnation, if you're ready, um, I am ready to help you walk through this journey to freedom and we have a group of wonderful people back who have already been through that ready to um, support you and lead you into freedom as well. Since I've taken a respite and a little bit of a sabbatical away from all of this, I'm kind of coming off of vacation mode. My kids have one day left of spring break, um, but I I know that I needed to get back at it and doing podcasts and, um, and talking with people, obviously. And it's been difficult. <laughs> the reason that it has been difficult for me to put the brakes on the resting and the kind of doing whatever um, and the going back into promoting and talking about emotional eating and talking about binging and restricting. To be honest with you, it's been incredibly difficult for me to put that mind frame on again, to put that mindset on again. The reason is because I am so free from viewing my body as something I used to view it as overweight. I used to pull at my fat rolls and my and my extra skin. I used to hate the way it felt in my body. I used to browbeat myself for my decisions. Um, I used to should on myself for, you know, choosing something different than what I had quote unquote planned to eat. Um, I used to track, I used to count, I even used to wear 
a watch that um, I actually felt shame every single day that I didn't get in 10,000 steps, that I didn't exercise, that I didn't um, even get outside and go for a walk. But I've been in a season of healing, a season of healing my gut and my autoimmune disorders, and I've been using what's called an autoimmune protocol um, to heal that. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that a year ago or two years ago, maybe a year ago, yeah, a year ago, I would have been able to, or let's say two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to stick to this protocol. It is one of the most restrictive ways that I've ever eaten. And um, this has actually been the longest that I've gone without binging. And so putting on the mindset of what it's like to be in the cycle of binge and restrict, to feel, you know, um, wanting to dissociate from my body, wanting to run away. I don't do that anymore. And it feels like opening the door to my past self over and over and over again, um, which I kind of just honestly just wanted to shut the door and say, you know what, I don't do that anymore. And I don't need to investigate and I don't need to look back anymore. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life now. I'm supposed to be coaching. I'm supposed to be helping. I'm supposed to be talking to people and teaching people of how they can get free from emotional and binge eating and how the Lord, how God, um, shows up for us in us working out that freedom. I did an Instagram post today and I just took a picture of my breakfast. It was sweet potatoes and some turkey and broccoli and avocado. Um, And I think I put some red onion in there too. And the words that kind of came up out of me was disciplined, turned into obedience, which turned into joy. And it reminded me of the Hebrews 12 scripture, which I'll just read now. Hebrews 12, 11 says, All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields a peaceful, the peaceful fruits of righteousness. Therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight the paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. <clears throat> the, the biggest thing that we need to understand when we're getting free from emotional and binge eating is that it's uncomfortable. There is an easy button that the enemy uses to get us to emotionally eat, right? Pushes on our pain, pushes on our trauma, pushes on our habit, makes things seem bigger than they truly are so that we will kind of ricochet around the room and, um, and head to the cupboard in order to, to numb and stuff. But there isn't an easy button out. Now, we, we all know the scripture about how, you know, no temptation is uncommon to man, but in the temptation, God provides a way out. But from what I've found, that way out is much less um, attractive than falling into the temptation itself. Our minds... You know, when we're in fight or flight, when we're in a heightened emotion, our minds want 
to do anything but be uncomfortable. Our minds want us to feel safe. And when we're in a heightened emotion, especially in fight or flight, we want to, to get away as fast as we possibly can. And that can be distracting with food, food with food, dissociating with food, you know, um, going into alcohol, going into drugs, going into sex, going into just to scrolling and just even shopping, all of these different things. And it's a way of coming out of reality and, and distracting ourselves, distracting our minds and doing something else. So often in the temptation, the way that the Lord leads us out is it goes back to that resting and being still and getting into your body and feeling your emotions and thinking your thoughts and being present. And that's not easy. It's not simple to do these things. Um, someone messaged me just this morning that she had just gotten off a weekend of binging and she was ready to sign up for another diet plan. And she wanted me to help her. And she had just gone through our, our round one and she had made a lot of headway, but she's not fully healed. She's not fully recovered and, and, and nor is the expectation for her to be that way because it took me four years of pressing in to get fully free. So, you know, some people are getting free in week two or week four, week six. Some people are getting free in week eight and some people are carrying on with me, um, which I love because I love everyone and I love their faces. But the lie that she was believing was that the cure, the fix for the fall was more restriction, was another plan, was, was a different way of, of putting, it, it was putting someone else's boundaries on me because for some reason her boundaries for her didn't feel tight enough, didn't feel strong enough, didn't feel restrictive enough. But what happens when we do that to ourselves? What happens when we over-restrict? Then the fallout, the rebound, is so much greater. How many of you have done, you know, crazy diets? And where you've, what if you've done keto? And you, you restrict the carbs and you restrict the sugar and you restrict all these different things. And, and then when you rebound, then you rebound on the cake and the cookies and the chips and all the things that you weren't allowing yourself to eat in the first place, all in the name of losing weight, right? But you cancel out the work that you did on the diet with the rebound, with the binge. In my opinion, the best way to go about changing the way that we do things and coming out of diet mentality, coming out of that restriction is really just getting honest with yourself because the truth of the matter is is that you know at the base of your knowing what you should and should not be eating and you don't need anyone else to tell you now sure could we all use some you know more knowledge and more understanding about the body and about nutrition and about you know hormones and about all of these different things and circadian rhythms and and, and cycles and yeah we could all use more education on that. But it is ingrained in you that we know, hey, fast food makes me feel like crap. Boxed, processed, sugary, caffeinated, you know, the garbage food, it makes me feel like garbage. 
We also know that when we put ourselves on highly restrictive plans and programs, in, in, in the name of losing weight, that that's only going to last for a certain amount of time. And that's where the yo-yos come from, is that you restricted for so long and your, your willpower ran out, your, your um, consistency ran out because it was way too difficult for you to maintain. And so you rebounded, you gained back the weight, and all of those old patterns were there. But we don't do that here. We go, easy does it. And the easy does it that we're doing is we're actually giving ourselves grace. We're actually loving ourselves and allowing the Lord to love us through and in and despite our shortcomings. We allow the love of the Lord to come into us and say, you know what? This isn't good for you. This way of eating, this way of doing, this way of thinking, it's not serving you. And it's certainly not serving God. Because when we fall into shame and regret and regression and and we live in this fear restrictive cycle of restricting that we're going to be rejected because of our body, fearing that people aren't going to like us because of the way that we look, fear of, of receiving words from somebody else, talking about our food, talking about our bodies. And so we, we make these rules for ourselves so that we won't be rejected. Right? But what are we doing in the meantime? We are rejecting ourselves. We are rejecting our own wellness, our own safety, our own peace, our own ability to take care of our bodies, our own soundness of mind. We're rejecting ourselves and we're spending all of this money and all of this fret. For what? So that somebody will comment and say your butt looks smaller today? So that you'll get accepted by people that were only, that were rejecting you based on what you looked like? I don't want to be talking to those people. I don't want to be accepted by people that only accept me because of the way that I look or the way that I dress or the way that I operate. I want to be accepted for who I am, despite what I look like. I want people to get to know the inner person. And the, one of the, the most fearful things, and I'm walking through this right now in my new, my new circle of friends and my new church that I'm at, the, the most vulnerable and the most fearful place that I think I've ever been at in my life is actually right now. And it's right now because I'm finally allowing people to see who I truly am. I'm putting myself on the line. I'm vulnerable. I talk about my dreams. I talk about my failures. I pray the way that I pray. I say what I say. And there is pushback because I'm a little bit radical sometimes. 
But the people that accept me for who I am, they love me. And they don't love me because I have long, grayish, reddish hair. They don't love me because of the car I drive. They don't love me because of the purse that I carry. They don't love me because of the shoes that I wear. They don't love me because I'm a size 810 rather than a size 2022. They love me because of me. But they can also reject me because of me. And that's vulnerability, and that's being real, and that's being honest with who you are. And I don't think that we can actually come to that place of being truly vulnerable and really truly opening ourselves up to receive the love that we deserve as humans, as image bearers of Christ, until we stop rejecting ourselves. I uh, am... I work in a ministry called Walking in Freedom, and it is it's a it's um it's an inner healing ministry, a deliverance ministry. There's there's counseling in there. There's there's discipleship. There's um, you know we do life together, and and we get down, we get all the way down to the roots, and we we pull those suckers up, and people are are being set free. But the question of have you been rejected has morphed into so when were you rejected? Because all of us at some point have received rejection. And it could be from a loved one. It could be from our parents. It could be from grandparents. It could be from friends. It could be from a church. It could be from whomever. But when we receive that rejection, it opens up a place for us to begin to self-reject, for us to start people-pleasing, for us to start trying to morph ourselves and, and, and look a certain way and act a certain way and be a certain way so that we don't get rejected again. But what are we doing when we're not being authentically who we are? We're self-betraying and we're self-rejecting. And the, the love that we think that we're receiving from people is not real love. Because on, on, the fr- on the front end, people are quote unquote loving us for acting. And on the back end, we know that's not my authentic self. So they don't actually really love me. Rejection opens up our hearts for so much pain, for so much trauma, for so much um, other avenues that the enemy can work and operate in our lives. And I believe oftentimes, <laughs> to be honest, you know, the diet industry maybe just is blind to this and the wellness industry is blind to this, but when we stop rejecting ourselves, we don't need them anymore. Because you don't need anybody to tell you how to eat. You already know. Nobody knows more about you than you, except your capital C creator, except God. So why would you go pay for somebody to, to tell you how to eat when you've lived this all these years learning what works and what doesn't work for you, 
learning how things are setting in your body, learning that, um, you know, if I, if I'm having a bad day and I, and I just want to chill out and have a glass of wine and, and a bucket of chocolate and ice cream, and, and it just kind of goes into a binge, you know, your own cycle, you know, your habits, maybe you need help breaking your habits. Maybe you need help seeing your habits for what they truly are, but you know, and you don't need anyone else to tell you what you already know. I believe that God wants us free even more than we want ourselves to be free. And I keep going back to that Galatians 5.1 scripture. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So therefore, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And I know the struggle. I know the, the, you hear my dog snoring? Yeah. I know the struggle of doing good and then falling and then doing good and then falling. But every single time you fall, every single time you quote unquote fail, every single time you fall off that wagon, if you are picking yourself back up and trying again, and you're doing it in a space of learning how to love yourself. Stop learning how to stop rejecting yourself. Learning how to stop betraying yourself. Learning how to put up boundaries around your emotions and your thought life. If you can stop ruminating on what other people have said about you or how other people have caused you to self-reject. I believe that you are a steward of your life. You are a steward of your body. You're a steward and think of steward as your responsibility. Your life is your responsibility. Your body is your responsibility. But so are your thoughts and so are your emotions. And negating your emotions and pretending that they don't exist is not, is, is rejecting that is not allowing yourself to be human, but also believing that you don't have any control is also not correct either. One of the hardest yet, yet best things that you can do for yourself right now is to feel what you're feeling and maybe even put a name on it. I'm feeling afraid. What are you afraid of? I'm feeling exhausted. Well, what are you carrying that you need to drop, that you need to let go of? I'm feeling betrayed. Oof, that's, that's, that's a big feeling. Who betrayed you? How did they betray you? And did it create uh, an engine or, or a pathway for you to then start self-betraying, self-harming, self-rejecting? Are you feeling grief? Do you need to just cry and scream and yell and be crazy to get this grief up and out or to fully feel it? Are you feeling alone? 
Have you isolated? Have you gone inward? Do you need someone to just need someone to be there with you and hold space for you and talk things with out with you? Are you feeling angry? Put words to what you're feeling and allow yourself to process through them by asking yourself the who, what, when, where, what, and why. And at the end of that, can you allow the Holy Spirit and and allow yourself to be led into forgiveness? And maybe you're not ready yet. But when we live in a place of forgiveness, when we live in a place of self-forgiveness and forgiving others, it's a beautiful place. Because you're not carrying this crap anymore. You're not carrying the weight of yesterday anymore. Your tail isn't tucked. Your, your, your brain can rest and stop going into fight or flight, waiting for the next pain to come, waiting for the next shoe to drop. I'm going to tell you for the last time in this podcast, this is difficult work. This is hard and holy work. There is no easy button that I'm just going to put in front of you to press and say, you're cured. Your life, now you're free. Jesus gave us an easy button 2,000 years ago on the cross. And really what we have to do is bring him into the center of this which he is in my life. And I'm assuming yours because you're listening to this. But his will and his way of doing things is often simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy to be fully human and fully God, I'm sure for him. It's not easy for us to be... um, you know, these people of faith, these men and women of faith that, that are walking around in these bodies that are living in a fallen world and, and we're working on redemption and reconciliation and healing and, and redeeming and, and redefining and doing this all by faith and, and not by works and not in doubt and not in unbelief and, and loving God and loving ourselves and loving our neighbor. This is not easy. I'm looking in my old Bible. You know the story about that, then. Then you know the story about that. But um, I want to read you a scripture as we close this today. And this was given to me last week in um, a time of prayer. And this was This was a scripture that if you, now that I'm, you know, in this old Bible that I can see all of my notes and my dates of when I was in here. Um, You are not your healer. I'm just going to say this before I read this. It is not up to you to heal yourself. It is not up to you to deliver yourself. It is not up to you to find the way. It's up to you to understand that you can't do it in your own strength. That you can't do it without God. 
And that was the turning point in my freedom was when I realized that I could not be good enough, that I would never find the right diet plan, that I would never find the right program, that I would never find the thing from man to fix me. I had to go to God. And I had to put him before me. I had to let him hem me in from in the front and from behind and all sides. I had to let him be my refuge, my strong tower, and my deliverer. I had to let him be my father. I had to let him be my healer. I had to let him be my physician and my surgeon and my counselor and my comfort. I had to humble myself and stop saying, Oh, I just, I, I, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. I just have to be obedient. No, I can't be obedient. In my own strength, I can't do this. I can't. I suck at all of this. But when we invite the Holy Spirit in, when we invite God in to empower us and to show us the way, that is when mountains move. So Second Samuel 22. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves, waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of hell surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God. And from his temple, he heard my voice. And my cry for help came to his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of heaven were trembling and were shaking because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils. Fire from his mouth devoured coals were kindled by it he bowed the heavens also is it bowed he bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet and he rode on a cherub and flew and he appeared on the wings of the wind and he made darkness canopies around him and it go down to 17 he sent from on high he took me he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands. He has recompensed me. Let's go back to that 17. I'm going to end here. When we put God and we let God be God and we stop allowing rejection and words and wounds and trauma and failure and shame and condemnation and rebellion and disobedience and death define us and sickness, when we stop letting these things define us, because he doesn't define us that way. God doesn't look at you and, and see your failure. If you're in Christ, he sees Christ. 
Boom. End of story. Mic drop. That's the end. And if you never got your stuff together with this food thing, he's not going to see you any differently. He's not. He's not going to love you differently. He's not going to see you differently. He's not going to bless you differently. But when we allow him to go before us and rescue us, when we cry out to him and say, you know what, I don't have this. I can't do this anymore. I can't sign up for another diet plan. I can't put my hope and my faith and my trust in another man-made thing. When we say, God, show me. And we allow God to be God. He sent me from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in my day of calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Y'all, he delights in you. God delights in you. He delights in you walking in freedom. He delights in you taking your grief and your sadness and your anger and your pain to him. And Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, for I give you rest. It didn't say, come to me, all who got their stuff together and know everything that they're going to do and is the rock star and got the gold star for the day. I'm only going to talk to those people. No. Jesus was sent to the sinners and the sick ones. That's me and you. So you don't have to have your poop in a group. You don't have to have your stuff together. You just have to come to a place and say, you know what? I need help, God. I can't do this anymore. I can't keep spinning. I can't keep living in self-rejection. Because when we live in self-rejection, we're also rejecting God. Lord, in Jesus' name, I lift up this listener to you and I ask for a supernatural revelation and wisdom to come upon them. I ask that you show them where wounds, where pain, where rejection, where trauma has created a place of torment for them, Lord, where the enemy has used their pain to create more pain in their lives, Lord. And with that, Lord, I want you to show them the way out. Give them the step that they need to take in their way out, Lord. What do they need to do to get out? And Holy Spirit, I ask that you remind them of that step, that you remind them, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's small. And, and they may not think that it's a big deal. Oh, that's not big enough. No, God is simple. Holy Spirit, I ask that you empower their steps. You empower their 
their consistency to continue to take that step. That you continue to give them revelation and wisdom of what they need to do in any area of their life that they're not free. I ask that you bless them, that you give them rest, that you give them peace. And you also remind them that they are fully armored, that they have the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the sandals of peace, that they have a shield of faith, that they also wield the sword of the Spirit, your word, Lord. When I think of the shield, it, hold, it, it stands in front of us. It goes in front of us. Because we don't run from the enemy. We don't run anymore from the hard. We don't run anymore from what's trying to take us down, from what's trying to kill, steal, and destroy, from, destroy us. We go in. We move in offensively. We say no more. We go head to head. But we don't go alone. That's why we have the church. That's why we have brothers and sisters. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So be blessed in your coming in and your going out. And until next time, keep moving forward.